This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking with Harpoon Brewing. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. Joining us today, we have Al Marcy, the Chief Brewing Officer for Harpoon. We've got Mike Kelly, also known as Hollywood, the Senior Brewer, and Megan Baker, the Director of Digital Strategy. And I don't know why I have, I've had trouble with that every time I've Tough tried to words. say it. Tough words. Yeah, I don't it, know. Though. I don't you know. Made I made it through. It through. It. So we're going to talk about the evolution of IPAs, employee ownership, emerging ingredients, and collaboration beers. Guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. We have an exciting announcement, Brian. 300th episode of Beer Guys Radio. Indeed. Right here, right now. Thank you to everyone that has uh, rode along with us here. It's been yeah. a good time, man. We're going it's been on. a heck of a ride. We're going to roll into six years here pretty soon. Is it six? Yeah. That we've wow. been doing this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's I how guess that's so. what that's yeah. how those numbers that, work. That math checks out. I had to do it in my head. I'm like, it was does. it six or seven? I don't know. Sometimes yeah. it feels like seven. Who knows, <laughs> man? There's been a lot of beers between. Uh, yes. Now yes. And it's then. hard to keep track of it. Absolutely. We all, Brian, you found some interesting news out, and Megan, I think this is probably your topic as director of digital strategy there, but we found some interesting information on uh, some social media stuff involving Indeed. beer, yeah. and Brian, I believe you had said that uh, inexplicably, Instagram yes. is just deleting beer pictures from brewery pages, correct? Yeah, so they're just pictures of beer and pictures of cans of beer and uh they're being flagged they're being removed censored this is uh reported by the uh, independent in uk they confirmed it with like half a dozen different breweries that just has randomly happened the breweries have tried to uh, appeal it or ask about why and they have no idea why they're not getting any answers and it's just it's disappearing and some of the breweries are getting threatened with having their accounts removed if they continue to get flagged but well, don't know why right but they have okay. no idea right. why and we're talking about seriously like cans of beers for like beer releases like hey we're Fun. releasing this stout you know come on friday it'll be there i'm like boom flagged and gone okay crazy megan have you experienced any craziness like that with social media and beer we have not experienced that with our brewery, but I have seen some local breweries in New England that have. I want to say Vitamin C Brewery had that happen to them. And okay. It's a big problem because a lot of these, especially smaller craft breweries, rely on social media for pretty much all of their marketing because it's a really cost-effective and efficient way to reach your fans. So if it continues to be a problem, it's definitely going to be a big issue for a lot of craft brewers trying to let people know about their beer releases. Right. You know, that was what I was going to ask, but you kind of addressed that. Social media is important. It's not the days of when it was, you know, AOL Instant Messenger or what have yeah. you. It's an important outlet for a lot of people. I know for us, Brian, there's no way we could have grown the way we did without social media. Oh, that, sure. that was key yeah. to our growth. So, And I've seen things, you know, Megan, talking about Instagram, Facebook, and that. I told Brian I read to run a Facebook ad. And it had our logo in it, and our logo has our name, Beer Guys Radio. And it was rejected for, quote, too much text in the ad. And I wish I could remember what the ad was, but someone wrote an article about this real controversial ad 
that Facebook approved. And I remember thinking, well, they can add that, but not mine. Too they much text. They had a lot of text in theirs. Is that what you're saying? Too much text. Okay. I guess so, man. I guess so. <laughs> they that's were probably it. offering more money because that's yeah. really, you know, follow the money. That's really where it goes. Right. So, now, technically, I think that officially they have a policy against promoting alcohol, but they have... Uh, it's well documented, it's well known that they allow breweries, people that are producing a product, to actually show off their product in a way to promote it for themselves. So it's a really weird thing. Like they've got weird standards that they don't really enforce, but sometimes maybe randomly enforce. You were saying this, uh, maybe this could be somebody being malicious and flagging Just things. Just report reporting. Them they, yeah, getting people uh, yeah. on a campaign of reporting different uh, things to suppress and... Uh, a teetotaler? Yeah. Yeah. Like a neo-temperance movement or a neo-abolitionist right. movement. Apparently these things exist. There are people Crazy. that want to outlaw it, which, I don't know. I don't understand. It didn't work out too well the first time, let's say. Yeah, we've been there, done that, yeah. <laughs> See, right. Yeah, we've done that already. No more, no more. Have you had any issues with people? Have you ever got angry emails or anything from people? Not really. I think I think we do get a lot of requests, though, from folks who maybe used to be a beer drinker are now looking for, like, a non-alcoholic option. So we definitely get sure. that request a lot, and it's certainly something that we're exploring. I think a lot of breweries are right now. But never someone being like, why do you sell beer? Yeah. Like, it's, it's why we exist. Yeah. But, you know, on the Internet, everyone's going to have a problem with something. So What a great place to voice it behind the anonymity of the Internet, right? Exactly. That's the way to go. I was at a brewery one time when he received, like, a six- page handwritten letter from someone who was a reformed born again just telling them about the evils of alcohol producing it drinking it not just you know they were against it but quoting verses and stuff to tell them how evil it was and it was written in a kind-hearted way like a warning like they cared about the person it's like a well-researched uh, paper yeah yeah <laughs> why is it that you never get angry letters where somebody is complimentary i'm very angry that you make a great product that's right you know? it's too great i want to drink yeah, it so, so much i hate you so much for making such a good thing I, yeah I'd like, I'd like to see more of that angry but also positive angry happiness is angry that happiness, is that a, is it possible yeah. yeah why not aggressively happy yeah, exactly yeah. right yeah, like aggressively that. happy All that's right. probably a beer name or it should be. could be it yeah. should be that's right so, Tim, let's uh, let's get into the beers of the week. Brian, as always, a great list of beers to get into, and we want to thank our friends at The Nest in Kennesaw, Georgia, for sponsoring this segment, Craft Beer Barbecue. Brian, have you ordered your Christmas ribs yet? I haven't yet, no. Okay, okay. Well, you need to. You need to get them in there early make sure you have a nice Well, you know I'm Christmas. getting the Christmas smoked wings. So That's yeah. right. I mean, yeah. the ribs probably, too, but definitely the smoked wings. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the way you do it. Absolutely. The beers this week, Harpoon Brew, and we have Rec League, which we are sipping on right now. Then we're going to go up, Brian, to the big leagues with Big League. We have Harpoon IPA, the Classic, and the Imperial IPA, Brian. Yes. So it's all about delicious hops this week. For our beers I'm really. happy about this. Yeah, I know. No no complaints at all from you. <laughs> You're right. all about the hops. Sure exactly enough. what I was hoping for. Well, Brian, do you have any news to share with us this week? Well, I do, yes. So we've got, uh, speaking of non-alcoholic beers, and we were just talking about them, we've got an N.A. scandal this week in the news. According to Brewband, a civil lawsuit alleges that Heineken misled consumers with their Heineken 0.0. The name and labeling led customers to believe that the uh, non-alcoholic beer had absolutely no alcohol in it, though allegedly it actually clocks in it. 0.03%. So is that three thousandths of a percent? I believe that's right. Wouldn't that technically still make it 0.0? Yes, exactly. If you, okay. if you were to All round right. it up, yes. Oh, yeah. Any kind of rounding right. exactly. at all. Yeah. yeah. 
it would still be zero. So if, if it's true, it still lends the beer well within the acceptable range for the non-alcoholic label, even if it's not strictly alcohol-free, I guess. A spokesman for Heineken acknowledged that the company knew about the lawsuit and said they were confident in the merits of their side of the case, but they didn't have any other comments. So the Heineken website for the product does mention a very small amount of alcohol in 0.0, but it's uh, buried pretty well down in the page, and there's a lot of text that implies heavily that there's nothing in it at all. But again, we're talking about three thousandths of a percent of yeah. alcohol in this. You know, so. I saw someone post online one time, and they made a comment that they needed the beer that was truly alcohol-free, that they could yeah. not have any alcohol. And someone commented that a lot of foods have point da 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 whatever, like breads, fermented exactly. foods, and that can have your kimchi. You know, yep, so yep. that's exactly what uh, yeah. one of the things that was mentioned is as part of the things that they have. Like this is on par with the natural alcohols you will find present in foods. Just anything that's fermented at some point, it may have lingering A traces of alcohol in it. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. sauerkraut, kimchi, you know, bread, obviously. Of, how much sauerkraut would you have to have you ever got drunk on sauerkraut? Because I think if anybody could do it, it would be, you, you know, yeah. I know. He's I have a little bit of a fanboy. Well, let, let me just state possibly the obvious. I do have a fairly good tolerance when it comes to alcohol. Okay. So it would take a lot. A lot of kraut, right? Yeah, I don't know if I have enough room in my belly for that amount okay. of kraut. Fair so, enough, fair and enough. And I can't even imagine what that would do to me digestively. Uh, but, no. I mean, or I, the rest of the people on the block. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly <Yeah>. right. <laughs> exactly. We've got uh, some fantastic news, Tim. Craft Beer will, is on track to take back some shelf space from Hard Seltzer in 2022. This is according to Drizzly's Bev Alcohol Insights Retail Reports. They surveyed 500 retailers in November, and while around 50% said they will be stocking more Hard Seltzer next year, 57% said they'd be devoting more space to craft beer, and 23% said they planned on stocking less Hard Seltzer, period, in 2022. Only 8% of respondents said the same thing about craft beer. So it's looking good for beer. We're going to take back some of that space from uh, from hard seltzer. It's, it's going to be amazing. No arguments here. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Be a good time. Well, you're listening to the Beer Guys radio show. We will be right back with Harpoon Brewing. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's tap room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. Follow the beer guy. 
guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Cannonball! Cannonball coming. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand, so if you miss the broadcast, get the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on all popular and unpopular podcasting apps. Now let's get back to Harpoon Brewery. Harpoon Brewery. We are drinking right now Big League. Big League. Big League IPA. Stepping it up, Brian. We got called up to the bigs. Yeah, we didn't really talk about it, but uh, we were drinking Rec League before. 4%, 120 calories, had no idea it was that light. Uh, yeah, I was, I was down with it completely. Yeah, You know, Al, I'm not sure, so I want to ask this question to verify, but are you a hophead? Do you like hoppy beers? You know, I've sort of evolved. I was always more of a malt guy. Okay. And kind of uh, moved into hops over the years. For me, it's not always just getting smacked in the face with the hops, but I like different blends and doing a lot of these uh, unfiltered beers where we've added hops during warm fermentation and ending up with biotransformation taking place and right. getting completely different floral aromas has been been a lot of fun for me. So I do like hops. Do like hops. Hops approved, but I'm equal opportunity with most beers, Brian. Unless they're too bitter, then they can just throw them in the trash. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. Just, just get them out of there. But other than that, you know, there's great stuff out there. And I'm like you, Al. I love a good malt profile in a beer. We had a really nice Pilsner from our friends at Good Word a couple of weeks ago. You could really tell the malt character that it defined that beer. You know, it wasn't just a, a Pilsner, and it was uh, it was nice. Vienna lagers, all that ESPs. Yeah. I'm in. You know, I was just thinking, he was saying he started off on the malt end of things. I did as well, actually. Sure. Like, if you go back far enough, if you've been drinking long enough, the industry was more like ambers were your hoppiest thing. And you had, I drank a lot of porters, and ESBs, yeah. and it, it hops were basically a bittering agent. They weren't there so much for flavor, especially when you were drinking some of the uh, the brew pub beers I was drinking back in the 90s. It was, they were all It wasn't just, about that. No, right. not really. Red ales, uh, yeah. porters, that sort of thing. Yeah. Now, Al, I know uh, Harpoon has a long history. How long have you personally been with with Harpoon? I've been with Harpoon for 30 years. 30 years. Okay. And and we see here in, in the research, we found that they got the first brewing permit ever issued in Massachusetts uh, back in 1986. That's funny we talk about craft beer in history. 86 is ancient history for, for a lot sure. of craft beer, with a few exceptions. Yeah. I don't think we were alive yet. <laughs> see? I know I was. <laughs> okay. I was. I'll just say that. I'll leave it at that. I wasn't yet drinking beer at that point. I'll leave it at that. But I was definitely around. Yeah, no Mike Nate is shaking his head this young and he wasn't uh, wasn't around. I wasn't on the radio back then either. But, I mean, I guess that kind of goes with the territory of not drinking the beer, right? Right. The first permit they issued in 1986. So were they not issuing permits like pre-prohibition? Was there never a brewery in state? After prohibition, we were the first license issued. Ain't that something? Okay. That's amazing stuff. And then we started producing beer in June of 87. And as you said, Brian, it was Harpoon Ale. It was an amber ale. That was what started to put us on the map. And that's what we made until 1993 when we came out with Harpoon IPA. And it was a complete departure because there were suddenly hops. In fact, a a lot of us didn't think it was going to take off because... 42 IBUs. It's just so bitter. So bitter. Yeah. Well, 42 of those. Well, that's, I'm sure, Al, you probably do. I don't know about the other young ones in the crowd there, but do you remember the Keystone beer commercials about the bitter beer face? Yep. So they really market bitter was bad. You know, oh, yeah. it's, uh, they really over exaggerated this bitter beer face. You weren't supposed to 
to do that. And I think that is part of the reason why the extreme bitter beers, the extreme bitter IPAs, high IBUs became such a thing. You know, you had the pendulum swings back and forth. So we had the extreme bitterness of IPAs after that being the worst thing ever. And now we're back to a point where bitter beers are a bad thing again. So we want tropical notes. So I'm guessing at some point we'll be back to bitterness. Just keep going around. Keep going around. Mike, how long have you been with Harpoon? Five years this month. Okay. Now. Thank you. Uh, I'm imagining Al just kicks back and takes it easy now. You're probably the one doing all the hard lifting out there, right? Yeah. You know. See? There you go, man. There you go. You know, so we know Mitch still, he has New Realm Brewing here in Atlanta. In Mitch's office, he's got a, a guitar and an amp and stuff in there. I'm like, do you work, Mitch? Is it, do you just sit in there, you know, strumming the guitar? But I got to take a page out of Mitch's See? Right. <laughs> but he's got his, he's also has his brew house control panel in there too, so he can keep it working. He can push there. buttons in between chords. You know, it's like, right. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It is a nice setup they have there. So, right. Yeah. It is. Well, I think it works. Like in marketing, a derogatory term for us is carpet walkers. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. We had this carpeting in our offices. That was like a phrase. The carpet walkers. I think in any company, every division or group, you have your things with the other. You know, my day yeah. job, my day job is recruiting. I'm in the staffing industry and you have your sales and operations team, administrative, and everybody thinks the other is doing it wrong or that they're oh, sure slack and they're the hardest. I think that's just kind of the way it goes there. Yeah. Everybody assumes that everybody else is not doing their job. <laughs> exactly. That's it. They're not doing their job. I mean, sure I have enough. evidence when I say it. I but, am. You know, I'm uh, doing my job. It's, every, it's everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Everyone assumes sales is off playing golf and not actually. That's yeah. it. Which is usually true. That's probably there, true. So, well, they yeah. may be doing they may be doing deals out there, but they are out there playing. Guys. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, talking of IPAs, thirty five plus years of brewing IPAs. I mean, there's just been so many changes in what we've seen there. It's it's just evolved so much. You know, like you talked about when you first started brewing, you didn't do the hops, you didn't do bitter, and at one time forty two IBUs was a big deal. And then yeah. I remember. What would have been early 2000s? The, the IBU wars. How many IBUs can you get into a beer? Yeah. And I think. Um, Even later than that, it was, uh, boy, I think that was all throughout the 2000s. See, I think yeah. it grew towards the end of the 2000s, in fact. Mickler had like a thousand IBU beer, you know, so they claimed and all of this stuff. But they did studies to determine that people could not taste IBUs beyond about 100, I think is what it was. Right. So everything, all the rest of it was just bragging what are your thoughts just on the evolution kind of where we were where we've come what do you think of the modern day ipa scene well i, I think it's interesting you know it, as you said it's, it's completely evolved and and we've gone from beginning to get some aromatics in the beer through dry hopping to west coast ipas that really push the boundaries on bitterness where you it was just over the top the new england ipa is an interesting one where You've got this softer palette and these tropical aromas. And now it's really trying to find specific hops that act differently. And and Mike spends a lot of time working with different hops that come in and hop products, like isomerized hop extract or hop soil Mm -hmm. or whatever you can do to get something that's a little bit different. And I think that, you know, for us, it's always been, we've always wanted balance. IPA was always balanced, Harpoon IPA rather, you know, big league. Yes, it's got a lot of hops in it, but it also has a malt finish to it. As we go forward, we've never looked for pushing the hop 
boundaries too far, but really it's finding something that's pleasant and maybe a little bit different. And that's where we've got a 10 barrel pilot system and Mike and the other brewers here have, you know, carte blanche to experiment. Right. Okay. Stacked with different hops. Sure. And we're loving as consumers seeing all these fun hops that, oh, that yeah. are coming out there. And we, I feel like I'm just dropping names right now, but Stan Hieronymus, Stan used to live in Atlanta since moved on to Denver, but we talked to him a few times and he talked to us about the science of hops and brewing with hops stuff way over our head. But, you know, I've seen his articles that he publishes and we're talking like a whirlpool of one to two degrees difference can make this massive difference in what comes out in your finished beer. You know, sure. you're looking at something at something that's thousands of years old. There's still new things being found that uh, can impart better flavors or keep the onions out of your beer. Or just you know? different. So. Yeah. Just magnify different uh, flavor compounds. Absolutely. Our innovation brewer, Tom Graham, was one of the ones that came up with the idea of dropping the temperature. We put it through a heat exchanger to go back into the whirlpool. And he hit on that a couple of years ago just to try and get some different attributes in the beer. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, speaking of the evolution of IPA and and the way we use hops, has Harpoon IPA, has it changed at all over the years, the brewing of it? As you know, the raw materials change every year. The hops are going to change every year. The malt changes a little bit. We've always kept the final product as consistent as possible. But over the years, we have changed some of the processes or some of the, uh, the raw materials in order to keep it consistent. Okay. So the end that goal is the same. Yeah. That's Absolutely. Harpoon IPA has to be Harpoon IPA every single time you have it. Sure. Interesting stuff. Fun to talk about. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break. But we'll be back very soon with more from Harpoon Brewery. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. The best brewmasters are obsessed with creating a high-quality, consistent product. That means reducing mass viscosity for better wort separation and increasing brew house efficiency. UltraFlow Max from Novozymes helps you achieve both. It is time to brew with enzymes. Increase your brew house efficiency and achieve faster filtration today with UltraFlow Max from Novozymes. Order a free sample today at www.brewingwithenzymes.com slash beerguysradio. guys on facebook twitter and instagram roger roger what's our vector victor now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show i want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates kgum news talk k57 570 am in aganya guam that's right guam that's right yes catch beer guys radio on kgum every saturday at 10 p.m and sunday at 7 p.m in the local guam time now let's get back to harpoon Harpoon. We just opened Harpoon IPA. We did. A popular beard. The namesake, namesake there, Harpoon. 
Y'all, we have a question for you uh, from one of our listeners. Seth House, a longtime listener, good friend of ours. And uh, Seth did a brave thing for 2021. He went totally non-alcoholic. So he has been uh, experimenting with the different non-alcoholic brands out there, trying those. And he wanted to know, with the popularity of N.A. Brews, has Harpoon looked at creating a non-alcoholic beer? As a matter of fact, we have, and we are currently in the process of developing one that we hope to be able to bring to the public at some point in uh, 2022, hopefully, you know, by the second quarter or so. We are actually brewing the next test batch next Monday. We've had good success, but we still need to nail it. We don't want to do another also ran, yeah, great, it's not alcoholic. It needs to be a really good beer. And so we're we're fine-tuning it right now. Okay. We've tried, I called it my doctor's orders segment. The doctor told me to chill on alcohol a little bit. I didn't have to quit, but he asked me to slow it down a little bit. So I took that as a great way to start trying some NA brews. So we've gone through, and there's definitely a few brands that set themselves apart. for sure. We're big fans of Athletic. We've mentioned that several times. Partake makes tasty NA brews. Bravis makes tasty NA brews. I won't call them out on the show. But there's some people that shouldn't have released the beers they released <laughs> just because <laughs> they're non-alcoholic. And right. it's, you know, there's some that I taste, I'm like, oh, that's not very good. Then there's some that I've tried. I'm like, this is, there's no way anyone can think this tastes good. You know, yeah, just, just true. that. But when we first decided to get into it, we well, what's out in the market? And we sat down. You're absolutely right. You named a few that are making really, really good NAs. And there were some, the cans were about to explode. <laughs> the yeah. cans, you said you're like, who thought this was good? Yeah. That's why we want to make sure we've got a really, really good product that people want to drink if you're looking for an Sure. Egg. Not to rip on them, but I, I think in some cases, if they themselves have not been drinking beer in some time, they may have uh, forgotten a little bit of how it tastes. I'm, I think, too, in order to make a good NA beer, you probably have to have recently had a beer. Kind of ties in. I'm all game for trying vegan alternatives to different meats and that. Brian, totally opposed. He, he almost angry about it. Yeah. Almost mad at it. <laughs> but I tried this, and the brand was called Field Roast. And they're like, you won't even be able to tell it's not meat. They've never tasted meat. I can tell you the people <laughs> that made that have never tasted meat. They've been eating bags of leaves and mud, judging by the taste of that Field Roast. So if you're trying to make something just for the sake of making it, and just to be able to say it's non-alcoholic or just be able to say it's vegan meat alternative, you know, make it enjoyable. Make it something that tastes good. Get somebody who's tasted both even if you haven't, you know, yeah. to, to compare it. And you got to listen to what they say. Get it there. So with a non-alcoholic beer, what, what style are you aiming for? Is it going to be you're going lager, you're going IPA? What, what are you thinking about coming out with? We're going after something that's going to be similar to our rec league. Um, okay. We did, okay. We did a Pilsner, which we thought was good, but we really think that something along the lines of Rec League will make people more interested in having it. It's got a little bit more to it. You know, you've got the, the chia, chia seed and the, the buckwheat kasha and the incredible hop nose, and that's really what we want to focus on. And then you add the drinkability to it, and hopefully we have a home run. That that's, sounds good to me. So, Megan, I was going to ask you, we've talked about trends and the non-alcoholic beers and the changes in IPAs and that. Following social media, are you seeing trends? Are there things that people want, people are looking for? What are you hearing from your uh, your social media followers? Yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, digital marketing, I feel like TikTok is the next big thing, which, as a digital marketer, I always kind of hate when a new channel comes out. It's like you have to, like, learn Learn the new one, yeah. TikTok actually isn't that easy. Like, I feel like people, like, are very good at making it look effortless and easy, and, and it's really not. But in terms of, like, what I'm seeing in beer, in New England especially, I think New England IPAs are still super hot. 
Um, so still seeing a lot of that. And, and then again, I mean, we've talked about it. The non-elk space is really growing. RTDs are really growing. And I think you're seeing a lot of breweries trying to diversify their portfolio. So they're not only just putting out beer, like you're having to put out seltzers, you're having to put out different things, even at your own tap rooms. So you can attract more people to come visit you that maybe aren't beer drinkers because really I mean, breweries are becoming the bars. Like that's they where are. people prefer yeah. to go and spend their time. So you're really seeing that kind of force breweries to force their hand to come out with different products that they maybe otherwise wouldn't have. Right. And you know, you mentioned the breweries becoming bars. I think it was, was the wall street journal that had an article recently talking about they featured Brickstore Pub in there. And they were talking about how it's shifting, you know, because uh, it's going. And that hurts my heart a little bit, man, because some of my favorite bars have been very good to me over the years. And and I'll be honest, I think I've been neglecting the relationship a little bit because I, too, usually go to the brewery tap rooms now. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm from Rochester, New York, and one of my favorite craft, uh, like, beer bars is Tap and Mallet, and they just announced that they're closing um, after, you know, 14 years of business, and I think, yeah. unfortunately, we're going to see more of that this year, because a lot of people are just going straight to the source instead of going to these craft beer bars who have curated really amazing beer lists for people, which is really sad to see, for sure. Is Genesee Rochester? It absolutely is. See, so, no, so now you'll just have to spend all your time in, in the Jenny tap room. And that, that... That's right. I love Genesee. They actually, uh, we just built a keg tree in our parking lot. Okay. Yeah. Level high, 530 kegs. And Genesee did it originally. And they actually shared their schematics with us and had an hour long meeting with us to tell us how to do it. That's um, beautiful. So that was really cool to get yeah. to work with them on that. Because that's a big deal back in Rochester. So I love being yeah. able to bring that to Boston. I lived up in the Finger Lakes area for a while, so yeah, yeah. So I, I, we have a six pack of Jenny Cream Tall Boys in the beer fridge oh here right now. So or we ready had to go. one. I don't we know had, if there's any, yeah. any left there. We, we also yeah. had they had came out with that hazy IPA collab, didn't they? They did. We got we yeah. had with other half. Uh, I've other seen half some news where they're coming out yeah. with some interesting experimental things that you wouldn't expect from a company like Jersey. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Other half opened a brewery in the Rochester area. So I think that definitely. That's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Mike, you know, Al mentioned this briefly talking about unique ingredients and, and he mentioned like chia seeds and that everything's going into beer these days. You know, you've got uh, cakes and crabs and fruits Skittles and, and Skittles yeah. and all that. What are you seeing as promising ingredients coming up? Like you said, there's, there's pretty much. Anything and everything you can think of that's going into a beer. Recently, you know, we were going to get into it, but the, the homebrew competition that we have here, uh, we, we kind of throw whatever you got into a beer. Recently, uh, we just won with a uh, pancake beer. Okay, there uh, you go. What I want to talk about is, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was an 8%, uh, you could call it a pastry stout, I guess pancake beers where, where we put pancakes into the mash tun. Okay. And we were targeting a, a chocolate chip pancake beer, and it came out pretty good. See? Like, there you go. Yeah. So I think you're seeing where the trend is, is really that uh, anything goes. But I, um, to clarify, I don't think Mike is saying that pancakes are the next trend. That's the, the next thing, man. <laughs> The next, you heard it here first. That's right. Pancakes. Pancakes the next are the next thing. thing. All uh, pancake IPAs. Yeah. Pancake hard seltzers. Everything pancake. Instead of pancakes. Randall's, you just pour the beer through a stack of pancakes. Through a stack, a, a tall stack. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 See, there you go. 
He's on the label. Yeah. There you go. Now, there you go. Another potential ingredient. Have you tried spaghetti? Because I think it was Martin House that came out with a beer they did. that had spaghetti as one of the yeah. ingredients. Uh, now, they said it didn't taste like spaghetti, but it was, uh, I'm guessing they added that to Wait, the mash done. They boiled like the hard spaghetti and then it became softer. Did they toss in the soft spaghetti? That's what I need to know. Like, That's you know, a good I'm, question. I'm guessing if they wanted to get the full potential of it, they probably would yeah. have had to put the, the hard spaghetti into, okay. into the, the brew. Pasta. We'll yeah. have to have them on the show and ask them about the spaghetti situation. That's it. That's it. Yeah. But outside of pancakes, anything exciting you see coming up outside of like your malts and your hops? Yeah. One thing that we, we like to incorporate, especially into our league family is uh, like buckwheat kasha and Mediterranean sea salt where, salt. you know, it acts almost as, a, as an electrolyte. So when you're drinking something like rec league, where it's low ABV, you can drink it after you go for a run or go for a hike or something like that, and that sea salt can kind of replenish anything that you might be be lacking there from, from your diet. Brew with everything. Yeah. That's what I say. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be right back with more from Harpoon Brewery. The holidays are upon us, and with many in our communities struggling with tough times, finding some normalcy can make all the difference. For years, Must Ministries has worked to help our neighbors get back on their feet. The Ness Kennesaw is a proud supporter of Must and would like to invite you to join them on December 10th for their annual toy drive. Every donated toy goes to Must's Toy Shop, where parents can shop for a special gift for their children. Come to the Nest on December 10th, bring a toy, and enjoy great craft beer and a chance to win cool prizes. Your support could mean the world to your neighbors in need. Headed to the Battery in Atlanta? Be sure to check out the Terrapin Atlanta Brewery and Taproom. Whether the Braves are playing at home or on the road, the Terrapin Brewery and Taproom is always pouring all of our locally brewed Georgia beers like Hobsecutioner and High and Hazy, while also introducing small batch R&D beers created on our five-barrel pilot system right inside the Braves Stadium. And if you're looking for great food, we've got you covered with Fox Brothers Texas-style barbecue. Stop by and see us today at the Terrapin Brewery and Taproom at the Battery Atlanta. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram back off man i'm a scientist now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons get cool perks like beer guys swag and commercial free episodes now let's get back to harpoon harpoon we have talked a lot about delicious beers and just all kinds of fun ingredients in that. There are a few things with your brewery, though, that I think are we want to make sure to mention. You know, some substantial items about your brewery. One being employee ownership. Harpoon is an ESOP. And we have a question here. This question actually comes from Marcus Serta with our Burlington, Vermont station, News Talk WVMT. And he says, what are the positive aspects of operating as an employee-owned company? And second part to that is, do the employee owners get a say in the beer flavors? We always had a really good culture here. Again, I've been here for 30 years, and I always thought people felt that, you know, the brewery was part of their own. But seven years ago, when we became an ESOP, and Dan brought everybody in, and we had this giant meeting where he said, look, we sold the company. Turn around and meet the owners, and it's each of you. It was a formative moment. Sure. It was really impressive and moving. And really what changed at that point was that while we were all invested, now you're literally invested. You own part of the company. So you are encouraged on a daily basis. Any improvements that you can make 
that will help your job and help the company move forward, you guys got to get up here and take a tour. We do. It sounds like a plan. And if you check it out, we have this ideas wall where if you have an idea that is going to increase our efficiency or uh, our financial well-being, you get a picture on a wall with your idea. And we've got this massive wall filled with all these ideas. So people are encouraged that you own this company, act like an owner every day and try and make it better. So I think that's been one of the great attributes of becoming an employee-owned company. Um, as far as saying the beer, as, as Mike mentioned, we have this Owner's Cup homebrew contest every year. And the winner of that, and it's been him two years in a row. Lame. Cheater. Cheater. That seems like cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No it's professional no, brewers at the Brewers' Cup. <laughs> right. If, if the name had been on it because it's done blind, I would not. I would have voted. Oh, it, was, it was a great year. It was a great year. Yeah, yeah. They, they get the say in that. And then everyone is always encouraged. Look, if you've got an idea, we have the, the J-Lo sends out, uh, John London, sorry, sends out. Our CMO's nickname is J-Lo. Anyway, sorry. Okay, all right. There you go. So he, he asks for input from all the employees all the time on what we can do in marketing. As far as beers, I ask people to come to me all the time. We have a pilot system. Do you have an idea for a beer? We'll get it on the pilot system. We can test it out in the beer hall. We can see what people are interested in. So everyone is expected to respect the other departments. I respect what Megan does. But if I have an idea, I can give it to her. She can take it or leave it. But everyone is really encouraged to take part in the company. Five years ago when I started, I had never really written my own recipe in and I had ideas and had some topics to play off, whatever. And when Alan sent out an original email, one of my first emails saying like, hey, if you have something, just feel free, throw it out there. You know, if it hits, it hits, if it doesn't, it doesn't. And there were so many times just throwing something out there and he's like, all right, write a recipe. And I was like, okay, I wasn't ready for that. Like, I, you know, I was expecting that I can throw something out there and, and I'll, you know, hand it off to the professionals and then they'll take care of it. And it was like, well, no, like you're, doing it. It's your idea. Put everything you got into it. And anytime you have an idea, I say, Hey, Al, have we thought about this? Have, you know, have we, have we considered doing this? And he's like, you know, maybe we can sell 10 barrels of it up in the beer hall. If not, you know, why don't you try it on a 20 gallon scale? So sure. okay. for 20 gallons of it, we'll give it a taste, we'll see what we think. And we'll go from there. If you have the idea for a chocolate chip pancake stout, Throw it out. Poor Al. Poor Al. And the next thing you know, like my group partner, Jason, and I, we won the homebrew competition. Complete shot in the dark. And then this year we went out and, uh, you know, repeated. Did Bragging. Go, go, go. go. See. You have to be careful when you come up with an idea, though, because you're expected uh, to follow up on it. Like that's it. That's what Yeah. And Christmas tree, you better believe I was out there dragging kegs around to get this tree set up because it was an idea that I brought to See? the table. If you bring an idea, you better be ready to help make it happen. And I heard the story how that came together. That sounds like a lot of work, Megan. I think it was three days that we were out there. We had like, uh, we might have violated some OSHA regulations. I might have written up and down. On a yes. no, 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 no regulations were do, violated. Do they have regulations about stacking kegs? Because I don't even know about that. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I will say another like funny thing about employee ownership here is that we have the cleanest office kitchen you will ever see. Wow. Uh, That's impressive. We have this whole saying, it's like our house. And like you, no one leaves a mess in the kitchen. If you do, our CEO and founder, Dan Canary, will do a lap in the office. Be like who left like this in the sink or who did this? Like, there you go. Of all the companies I worked at, we have the cleanest employee kitchen I've ever seen in my life. No one's coming around after you to clean up. 
No. Yeah, yeah. It's not okay. Not what they need to take care of. It's like one big family. Like employees are getting in a timeout for leaving their dishes. Yeah. Uh, hey, man. hey, do you want to go grab some lunch with me? I can't. I'm stuck in the car. I'm, I'm, I'm grounded. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good way to do it to me. Yeah, seriously, sure. it keeps things clean. So, you know, something we need to talk about before we run out of time is uh, your charity partnership. You're partnered up with something called the Pan Mass Challenge. Is that correct? And uh, yeah. what is that? Yeah, so the Pan Mass Challenge is a big bike race in New England that raises money for cancer research. And we've partnered with them for over 20 years and raised, helped raise over $500,000 for that cause. And this past year, we actually put bios of three different riders on the back of IPA bottles. Because typically during normal years, we're able to set up a whole thing where we give beers to drinkers. Anyway, like in Provincetown, there's like a huge party. So we weren't able to do that this year, obviously. So to celebrate the riders, we did a whole back label program, including one of our folks that works in the lab who's been riding in the PMC yeah. for like probably also 20 years. Yeah. So it was a really great way to celebrate them. We look forward to being with them in person next year to have a, a cold IPA with them. But it's definitely a huge uh, partnership to us that's really important. We do a five-miler road race that we've been doing for 20 years as well. And we raise money for ALS, the Angel Fund, to, to okay. combat, come up with a cure for ALS. And we've raised $2.5 million. That's impressive. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's, you know, you were talking about having the run, and I was talking with another brewery. A lot of people have the impression that beer drinkers just sit around. Brian and I don't make a good argument for what I'm we about really to say don't. here. We don't. But I know breweries that do 5Ks. They do, you know, fun runs and all this. They're... Beer drinkers are active, other than Brian and I. Active people, you know. So that's our guilty of running any of the races. See, yeah. See, what Tim doesn't realize is I'm actually a triathlete. I just don't look this. (laughs) A closet triathlete. My muscle relaxes a lot and tends to hang off my front. (laughs) Yes, I could see that, Brian. I get it. I get it, man. Yeah. But yeah, so just the point being that it's it's not uh, everybody just sitting around drinking beer. I know a lot of very very fit craft beer fans. Yeah. Huge. If you, if you came to the five miler, our consumers are in really good shape. Yeah. Our fans, supporters. Again, I, I won't speak for you two, but for me, I'm not. I'm not running. No. I'm working that day. I'm helping at the yeah. event. Yeah. I'm not running. Yeah. We but, have an amazing run club called the Heartbreakers uh, that we work with for years on the five miler. And wow, do they know how to run? And wow, yeah. do they know how to drink? That after party sure. is something. You know, now, Brian and I joke, before we got too embedded into beer and homebrewing and doing the radio show, we were actually avid hikers. We would go hiking very regularly, and, you know, we'd do a 10-mile hike, and that gave us a really good excuse to have beer and chicken wings. Exactly. Because we just burnt, you know, two, 3,000 calories. Exactly. So it's it's a good trade-off there, man. And it's you a can good just trade-off. drink about 3,000 calories. So That's it. It all works out. It just cancels each other out. Got to have them in there, man. That's right. Balance in the universe there. Absolutely. You know, y'all, we don't have a lot of time left. There's so much more that we could cover. Collaborations. You've got a lot of collaborations. Whistle Pig that we talked about, which we're big fans of. I think everybody knows about the Duncan. Duncan, yes. The Duncan collabs there. So that's kind of an institution up your way, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking earlier about the the Hollywood nickname and, and, you know, kind of razzing me on that. But that's kind of where that all originated from going back four years ago to when we first started doing the collaboration with Duncan and we had the Duncan coffee porter and it kind of came out of it was originally going to be kind of a small thing maybe like a tap room only thing and then we put it out there to the masses and and people just took off with it and they sure. were like makes so much sense 
And, you know, it was coming up with the, you know, what kind of beer do you make with Dunkin' Donuts? It's like, well, why don't we make a coffee beer? And we got to make sure. a coffee, coffee porter. It sounds like a home run. And uh, we really run with it there. I mean, with it from there, I mean, you've seen the mix packs that we've done with donut beers and jelly donut, uh, jelly, jelly donut and Blueberry maple donut. And, you know, Is that like, like a matcha beer. IPA donut beer or something like that? Oh, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm game. I'm yeah. game. Absolutely. Y'all, thank you so much for joining us. We've had a blast talking with you and sampling your beers on episode 300 of Beer Guys Radio. Woo! Awesome. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that about wraps it up for episode 300 of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Join us next week as we talk with Shiner Beer. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers.